Hip-hop artists from Winnipeg, Saskatoon, and beyond have banded together to form Saskatoon Folk Rap Records. The label features new and upcoming releases by the likes of The Gumshoe Strut, Epic, and Introducing the Ghost, the fantastic new record from Rob Crooks. You can find Introducing the Ghost as of October 6th on robcrooks.bandcamp.com. If you're a regular listener to the show, you may have heard an episode recently all about band merch, about getting custom shirts made, pins, patches, stickers, everything. If you want to get that in Winnipeg and Manitoba, you should go see Scott from Divine Shirt Company. Since 2013, they've been supplying local Manitoba creatives with custom printed apparel, embroidery, digital printing, and graphic design services. So if you're in the market for new merch, why not come join the hundreds of satisfied local artists and small businesses and visit Divine Shirt Company today. You can find them on Instagram at Divine Shirts or by email at info at divineshirtcompany.ca. All right, welcome to Witch Police Radio. Uh, you know, as I'm doing every week for the for eternity, I think at this point, I'm doing these calls remotely. Um, it, it's always nice to interview people in their jam space or, or you know, even in their homes or where they make their music. But because of the current situation worldwide, we're sort of stuck doing this. But it is cool because throughout the course of, of doing these um, online interviews, I've been either reaching out to or have been reached out by a lot of people who maybe were outside of my kind of realm of knowledge of the local music scene. And, you know, if you've listened to the show for any length of time, you know that there's so many different diverse genres and subgenres and sub-subgenres of music. And every week there's new bands popping up out of nowhere. And there's people who've been playing for decades that, you know, I've been meeting for the first time on this show, even though I've been done it as long as I have. So... I think that this Zoom thing has definitely increased the diversity in my guests, which is awesome. So the person on the show today has not been on the show before, so this is your first appearance. And I think the best way to start it off is if you want to introduce yourself and just give a little bit of background about what it is that you do. Sure. My name is Heidi Corte, and I've been living in Winnipeg 15 years, and I am primarily a music teacher. I teach singer-songwriters, young ones, um, sort of young adults in Winnipeg. Cool. And that was, I mean... There's a couple things I want to ask you about, but but I think that's maybe a good place to start is the education side of things because you have uh, I've been checking out your Instagram, your, both of your Instagram pages, and you have one for your studio, and it just seems like you have this never-ending uh, like bag of young people, you know, that, that you keep bringing out to play covers and original songs, and and so what's the story behind that? Well, you know it. Before COVID, I had somewhat of an online presence um, with Instagram, but then when COVID started, it just kind of made me mad. And I was like, well, we're going to sing more. And if my students are listening, this is not good because they're going to hear my um, bag of secrets. But somehow I thought, why don't I use COVID as an opportunity to get my students over their fear of performing, to get them? And so I kind of created this thing we've called um, Pass the Performance, and it started April. We're coming up to day 200, actually, on wow. the 30th of October. Yeah, it's That's been a long exciting. time. That's yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The dust rhinos are going to guest for us, actually, on the 30th. Oh, very cool. So mm-hmm. are these all students that you would have had before just one-on-one in-person kind of sessions? Yeah, yeah. So I kind of created this positive peer pressure thing where they each get one day a month to sing. Okay. Um, and they're responsible for that day. So every day on my Instagram, we have a student, at, no matter what skill level. So I thought to myself at the beginning, well, do I let the beginners who maybe aren't as 
great sounding as my more advanced songwriters. Do I let them take a day? And I thought to myself, yes, they each get a day. And they were so terrified at the beginning. <laughs> none of them, none of them had ever posted online content sure. on anything. And now they're introducing themselves. They're, you know, it's just cool to see the journey, you know, five, six months later of where they're at. For sure. And now you have this whole army you've built up of, of performers that, you know, maybe by the time COVID's finished, you, you might have a whole, you can start your own label and just, you, you have all oh these artists gosh. ready to go, right? Yeah, it's been so fun. We've had like probably, I would say four empty, four or five empty spots a month that we haven't been able to fill just with our once a month. And so local artists are coming in and filling those gaps and encouraging my students. We just had um, Joy Stadichek okay. from the Joy Diamond Band. Okay. Oh, we have Marty Thiessen um, coming up in November. We have Olivia Lunny in November cool. singing for us. So it's just, it's very, it's turning into something kind of neat. Yeah, it's like a, a, a showcase for performances rather than just your your music lessons, right? It's, it's, it's very cool. So Well, and it's making them perform once a month, which is just so fun. Yeah, well, and they get that experience, right? That That's huge for, for, for anyone who's starting out. So what is yeah. your, what is your back? I know you said you've lived here for, for a certain amount of time. What's your musical background? Like where, where do you come from? Because to me, you appeared sort of out of nowhere. I try to follow as many local musicians as I can, whatever genre of music, whatever style. And I, if memory serves, you first appeared on my radar when you did the, um, I think it was a satirical song about Winnipeg. Oh yeah. That was the first oh, yeah, time I yeah. heard your name and I saw that and it was funny and it, you know, and so, but I have no idea where you came from before that or, or even what you're doing now, really. I mean, I think you're sort of in a different realm of the music scene than, than I'm used to. So what's your background as a musician? Man, I have been all over the place. I would say my background just keeps changing. Um, I grew up in a small town in Northern Ontario and believe it or not, I studied to be an opera singer. Okay. So I took over-the-phone lessons for five years. For opera? For opera from a teacher in New York. Oh, Because wow. there was no... Yeah, five years of it. So when my students complained about Skype, I'm like, come on. Like, <laughs> like you can see my face. Yeah, we can yeah. interact. Whereas I had a corded phone, not even a cell. And yeah, it was yeah. on my kitchen counter. And I would have my singing lesson into the phone and then check and see how it went, you know? Wow. That's, that's wild. Yeah, that, I, didn't even, that, I didn't even think that existed. But of course it existed, right? I mean, that's... Yeah, you, yeah. I have never met anyone else that's done it. No, I can't imagine. No, that's so. so did... But that's how I. That's how I started. That's cool. <laughs> this is a very unique uh, beginning, I think, for sure. So, did you actually ever pursue opera beyond that? Uh, I did. She, well, my vocal instructor got me an audition for U of M. Okay. Um, and so I went to. I have a degree from there that I don't use as much as I would like. <laughs> yeah. Um, cause I didn't end up becoming an opera singer. And the funny thing about that lady is that she never charged me oh, wow. for five years. Yeah. She just said, you worry about the phone bill. Cause back then there was no sure, long yeah. distance yeah. and she just took care of the lesson. That's awesome. I know, except I didn't become an opera singer. So it's like, <laughs> you know? have, have you talked to her since? Like, has, has, have you ever crossed paths and, uh, oh yeah. yeah, actually one of my music videos was made just for her. The, oh, cool. Okay. Uh, it was the one called more than words. Okay. And um, basically it says, there's a line in there that says, maybe I'm not who I'm meant to be. Or it just talks about her involvement in my life. And we had um, Ryan Bessler. He's a local dancer, fantastic young man. He danced, he danced it for me. And it's just this beautiful expression of gratitude Very because cool. I didn't become an opera singer. <laughs> well, how did you, I mean, there's probably a lot in between here, but how did you transition from maybe becoming, wanting to become an opera singer to what you're doing now? Because what you're doing now, from what I've heard anyway, I mean, there's definitely a lot more pop elements 
than say opera would have in it and so clearly there you made some some moves along the way that that led you to this current uh incarnation of yourself right yeah i feel like i've reinvented myself so many times i but i mean you know how i feel like you know if you just stumble around you'll eventually find your path i think that's like very philosophical but that is what happened. So I kind of transitioned out of opera to sort of doing some musical theater. I auditioned and did some local shows here, okay. not Rainbow Stage or anything, but, you know, local theater companies. And um, and then I auditioned for something that needed sort of a rock pop sound. I won't say what it is because sure, I'm sure. friends. With, I'm friends with these people. And um, and I had my heart set on it, but I still had more of a classical opera voice. And this man, God bless him. Uh, he told me that I needed to go take singing lessons. Okay. <laughs> after after the opera, yeah. After probably taking singing lessons since I was seven, <laughs> it was like knife in the heart. Yeah, yeah. I had, oh, it was just the worst rejection ever. <laughs> and I moped about it and sat in the pity party well for, I yeah. don't know, like months. And then I just, something rose up in me and I was like, you know, I'm going to prove that guy wrong. So I stripped my voice down to nothing and retrained it um, from classical to speech level, which is totally different as a teacher speaking. It's a totally different way of producing sound. It's much more like talking and just is different. And and at that point, I didn't even know how to plug in a microphone. Like I was just really a singer only. And so in the last 10 years, I have learned all, all this. Got no bird in my hand, no shine in my shoes. I got a 40 year plan that I'm much too lazy to do, but I see it through. Yeah, my wallet's a joke, but it's nice being broke next to you. Life ain't always fair It's just one shade of green And this getting nowhere Is my daily routine I've got no place to be So I hope you don't mind Spending all of your time next to
All the type of music you play now i mean where do you sort of position yourself uh if you have to put a label on it which no one likes to do but you know it, it helps me anyway to file everyone away in my head in a little category and i think it might help listeners too who maybe are new to your music right like what would you are there maybe popular artists you would compare your sound to oh my sound or my style i don't well, I, I i guess it's they're, they're kind of related right your sound and your style are connected but they're not necessarily going to be the same yeah, the problem with me is that because I'm a vocal coach and I studied so many different styles of singing, I can be a chameleon. Okay. And so if I need to sing, you know, Disney, <laughs> part of that world, or if I need to sing <laughs> Troubled in Mind, I'm Blue, I can just yeah. alter the mechanism and change. So I think for me that that you'd think that would be an asset. It's not because then it makes it harder to develop your own style. So right. the way the way I'm working now, and this is probably why you've never heard of me, is that with, well, I'm pre- I, I'm going to be growing my YouTube channel. I would say probably in the last two years, I've just sort of emerged instead of just being teacher yeah. um, into I'm going to start creating content uh, on YouTube to be enjoyed. And so I don't know where I was going with that. But um, <laughs> generally what happens for me anyways is if I get a really fun idea, it doesn't really matter what the style is. I just run with it and then I self-produce it. Usually I play all the instruments and then I send it away to a mixer and boom. So your style so, is whatever you decide to take on, I guess. Yeah, it really is. Cause I've done a Finnish reggae song. Cool. Finnish reggae. Yeah. Called ain't no fishes. It okay. was, it got, actually it got picked up by CTV last year and kind of did a Canadian wide thing, which was really cool. Cause I don't have that much exposure yet. And so it is Finnish reggae and, um, and it was so much fun. What, what is Finnish reggae? I mean, I listen to heavy amounts of reggae. Like, I mean, I, I'm a huge nerd for, you know, certain eras of Jamaican music. I have all these 45s and stuff. I I, 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 I could talk about it all day. I don't want to right now because this is not what the show is about, but I'm a massive nerd oh for it. Gosh. But fin- I've never heard anything from Finland. Is that, I mean... No, they're, they're well, okay. So they're Canadian, they're sort of North American Finns. There's a big okay, difference okay. between Finland Finns yeah, and sure, North yeah. American yeah. Finns. Okay, okay. But um, uh, they're a group called Kongisimene. Okay. And they're from, I think they're from Minnesota. They have two really great albums, uh, Living in Northern Paradise, and then there's one other one. And then there's two, like, other albums. Um, I can't think of the other one right now. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're finished reggae, so they sing about all these really funny, random things, like um, Broken Down on the Side of the Road, or uh, Rudy Got a Brand New John Deere, Ain't No Fishes in This Lake. Just really fun they have there's a, there's a bunch of fishing songs there's a bunch of songs about saunas okay guess who's coming to sauna right right <laughs> or saunas you would say yeah, yeah, in yeah. north america yeah is that a cover They're of guess fine. who's coming to dinner oh no guess who no it's um guess who's coming to sauna Heki yeah, Lunta, which is a, like that's Jack a black uhuru, black uhuru song called guess who's is coming really? to dinner yeah it's guess who's coming to dinner natty dreadlocks and that's <gasps> it's the same it's the same tune 
I will have to, I'll send really? you. I will send you a YouTube link. It's one of my favorite like, bands. Yeah. Yep. Like, guess who's coming to sauna? Hekilunta. Yeah, that's it. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Oh my gosh! It's a song oh, from uh, nineteen early seventies. Anyway, I, I have. I have the album. I, I will send you a link afterwards. That's really cool. I'm looking forward to checking out some Finnish reggae. But <laughs> so just Sorry, to get a, side trail, no, 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 side no, no, trail, that's, getting that's, back on the trail. That's very exciting, actually. Um, back on track, though. Yeah. So um, I don't even know where we're going now from Finnish reggae. But oh, you were talking about style. So I would <laughs> yeah. say for me, like this recent video that I did. Um, okay, so I've been hired to produce some things and write music. So for me, I'm I really am all over the place. Uh, I, I did a um, I did a film score for the 48 hour okay. film with Omar Benson and Tom Intherath, Winnipeg people. And um, we thought at the time that we had to record everything in the 48 hours. Right. And so they asked me to write a song that sounded like La La Land, which I'd never seen, and and score it for orchestra and and record it. So oh, wow. like, yeah, we did that in 48 <laughs> hours. Then they told me afterwards that it didn't need to be done in the 48 hours. Time, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just the filming. But so so that's like way out there, kind of jazzy feel. Yeah, yeah. Ain't No Fishes, reggae, more than words, really soft and like inspirational. And then this latest one has a bit of a pop rock vibe. Right. Is that the one you filmed in the theater? Yeah. Yeah, I watched the video. So that sounds like it seems like it has an interesting story behind it. Is that is that from where you're from, that, that building? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what... uh, well, it's about, about 40 minutes north, but yeah. Okay. So wh- how did that come about, that video? Okay, so we're talking about my video Haunted for That's those right, of yeah. you who haven't seen Sorry, it Sorry, I should have named it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please subscribe to me on YouTube <laughs> so that I can make some money eventually. Eventually, yeah. YouTube um, is... Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry, go ahead. Anyways, uh, yeah, so I was riding on my bike uh, this summer in my hometown, and I listened to this song by Patrick Scott called Haunted, and it was about... His original creation of the song was that it was about a relationship that had been like finished ended poorly Mm -hmm. and he was saying that his house felt haunted without her okay i heard it and because of what's happening with the arts and the theater world and the theater being dark and i just thought how cool would it be just to tweak it a little bit and have it be that the theater is haunted without the audience because of coronavirus Yeah. yeah and so it was like august 21st when i got the idea and i was leaving for winnipeg september 1st not a lot of time. I know. So I, I kind of like put out just like little fleeces, if you want to call them. That's a church word. But I was like, okay, well, if I can get a theater to say yes to this and coronavirus, we'll do it. And so I called the two theaters and the rundown haunted one that actually is rundown and haunted said, yeah. And then I was like, well, can I get some dancers in a week to have choreographed stuff ready and yeah. call call the local dance school the best dancer there who like called me back and she was like i can do this i have girls for you wow let's go yeah just like everything i made a track in a week everything came together really really quickly well it looks it was so it, much fun based on watching it you'd have no idea that it was done so quickly like i mean it's really professional looking uh video Thank you. so it, it obviously you worked out right it did. It did. I mean, there's, there's some, it's not perfect, but what I, I forget whose quote this is, but there's never perfect. There's only finished. Right. <laughs> That's true. That's it. And I think actually a lot of musicians maybe have trouble with that. I mean, I know a lot of people who, you know, write amazing songs, but they, they tinker with them forever. And, you know, it, sometimes something that should, could have come out months ago or years ago is still sitting there unfinished because they, they can't release it. So you seem to not have that problem. <laughs> I have the opposite problem yeah, because yeah. I, because mostly this was one of the first projects I actually had other people 
people playing instruments for me. Normally, if you look at my Wolfpack cover, yeah. like normally I play it all myself. So by the time I get to my vocal track, this is my weakness. By the time I finally get to record the main vocals, I'm so bloody sick of the song <laughs> that I'm like, blech. And then I'm just, I just rush it out. And I, I personally need to learn to take a little bit more time to um, look for the mistakes. shadows in every single room the rain won't subside flashes everywhere since you've been gone now the darkness holds me tight said for each approach i think though i mean like there's there's i think there's a middle ground right between tinkering so much that something never gets released and then rushing everything out because i mean i haven't i haven't played in bands in years but when i did i was definitely more along your lines where something was done let's record it and move on to the next thing and that didn't always work out so great but (laughs) at the time it seemed like a good idea 
It doesn't. I just learned how this year, wait, was it this year? I think I, in the last eight months, I finally learned that how to use Logic's uh, pitch oh, yeah. correct, which that's been there the whole time. And if now <laughs> when I listen back to my other ones, I'm like, oh, like I can hear that I'm 40 cents out. Right, right. So, or not 40, maybe like 15. <laughs> so, you know, Obviously, you have the, the the music, the vocal lessons things happening, and you got those those kids doing the songs, which is great. You have the kind of opera, classical, more kind of you know traditional sort of uh, music training as well. Now, how are you sort of feeling with your? Okay, if we can just call it your pop persona, I guess. I mean, you know, you have that pop rock song that you made the video for. We were talking about, and it's more you know kind of more popular mainstream styles of music. Where do you think you fit in within the music scene in Winnipeg? Because it's so big and so. Uh, complicated and there's so many smaller sub scenes and everything like do, do you know kind of where you want to fit yourself within the larger community nope i well i know <laughs> that i i know that i love singing i do open mics when we yeah. had open mics when, i love singing blues you. yeah well now it's like we gotta now i'm like wow i can't believe we all shared that same microphone yeah, and exactly. sit over them and like put our mouths right up to them like to me that now is like blah. it's horrifying yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i think we'll be forever changed um but I, I think, I, yeah, I love soul. I love blues. I love writing. I could see myself writing for film a lot more. Cool. I can see myself growing a YouTube and being a little bit more of a YouTuber. It's hard to say because this year I decided to set aside a day. So I'm teaching one less day. Okay. And just taking, I'm taking Tuesdays as my creative day for personal projects, which is a big deal. Normally it's like I give everything I have away to my students. Yeah. And then there's like this little bit that's left over. And then we'll do a video with that. So this year I've changed it and I've just decided to give my own path a bit more of a priority. And so Tuesdays, I'm going to, like all year, I'm going to create cool. and see where that goes. So I'm still, I'm still emerging. And, but I, for me, I don't, I don't know, maybe this is a bad approach and maybe I won't make it because of this, <laughs> but wherever the joy and the fun is with my ideas, I want to do that. Sure. Like the Winnipeg um, song, I don't know if you've ever heard Aubrey Logan's version of it. No, I hadn't heard the original, so I, I, I didn't get the uh, the connection. But, I mean, the content of the Winnipeg one was very obviously Winnipeg-centric and, and, and funny. Yeah, It's funnier when you've heard her her original because the lyrics are all about Los Angeles. Yeah. And just we just tweaked them ever so slightly, and it works about – it's just – it's the opposite. It's, it's right. so much fun. Right. And so that idea came to me, and I just started laughing about it and thought, you know what? Let's roll with this. And I think I had that one recorded in a week, and we filmed really quickly as well. And that so, did pretty well on YouTube, right? Like, you got a lot of views on that. Ah, the fishes one so far. All the fishermen really like That's that That's the big song. one, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's coming up to 5,000 views in a year. Oh, right on. So when, you, um, you know, when you're working with all these young people who are doing the, the singer-songwriter thing or, or covering songs, or, are you learning from them in terms of, uh, you know, because they're starting off on their music careers. You have a lot of experience dating back to when you were a kid uh, in music. Do you kind of get from them sort of new ways to put yourself out there or new ways to change your style or, or your sound or maybe even some of the influences that you're hearing from these kids? Mm, I don't think so. Not as far as my own style. I think what I've learned the most, and I'm actually writing, I'm going to publish a book, oh, cool. hopefully by the end of the year about this. Um, is I've learned how to walk people through all the mental obstacles um, that goes with being with music. Okay. And so my students actually are joining me and we are writing a book together about all the different things that artists go through. And it's going to be for the creative community, not just singers, but cool. like dancers, actors, poets. 
um, because we all go through comparison, you know, and we all go through lack of motivation, you know, pity parties, rejection, <laughs> yeah. all these, like there's a smattering of just headspace issues that we face. So I think for me as a teacher, um, dealing with kids that come in and are like, I never want to sing for anyone ever. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, well, that's not going to be, you know. Yeah, that's not how it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I right away get them doing 50 risks a year. It's their homework. Are they all cool like, with it too? Like, are they all eventually open to doing? They it? kind of have no. They kind of have no choice. So for me, like, for me, fear is the enemy of greatness. That's what I tell them all. So, um, so when they study with me, they know, especially if they're fearful, that I'm going to make them do 50 risks a year, right. healthy risks, like not running after a bear or anything, but sure, you know, yeah, like putting yeah. up your hand in class, uh, talking to some, you know, just things that normally they would be too shy to do because everything, I would say everything in music involves risk. Even this, I've never met you before and right. I've never been on a podcast before. Right. I was like, <laughs> yeah, no, for sure though. Yeah. It, it, it is risk, right? It's like just putting yourself out there and then seeing what other people think about what it is you're doing. I mean, even with what I'm doing here with the podcast, I'm talking to people twice a week and a lot of the time it's like you or if someone I've never met before and I'm going to just have this conversation with them about what they do and hope people will listen and then people listen and then it, feels like I did the right thing, right? So yeah, I, I get that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I'd say that's what I've learned from them. I've definitely learned how to teach different learning styles. I think for me, my big influences would be, well, if we're going to go here, sure. um, Shoshana Bean changed my world. Okay. I don't, have you ever heard of her? I haven't. No, no. What can you tell me about her? Mm. She is someone who can reach into your soul in a way that I have never seen any other artist do. And I'm looking for other artists that can, that, to, to kind of rival her. Okay. Um, yeah, she communicates um, in a way that I've never... So before her, I would say like a lot of people that come out of classical training, not everyone, but a lot, or, or dance training, we're, right. we're sort of trained to be perfect on stage or to like impress people with our gift. Yeah, yeah. And that is sort of how I was before Shoshana. Um, and then, this is my little fangirl rant, but then after watching her sing and being like, wow, what is so different about her? She, yeah, just following her has changed my musical world and then that has changed my students. So okay. I no longer train young people to be impressive. I train them to communicate, um, that music is about communication, just as important as it is that you're understanding what I'm saying right now, that doesn't change just because I'm singing a high E flat, right? Right, right. So, so, you know, authenticity, growing your skill, being present in your lyrics. You know, sometimes we sing a song 50 times and, and we're thinking about groceries while we're singing it <laughs> instead of being like 100% in our lyrics yeah, or yeah. having authentic emotion engaged, right? So all of these kind of concepts I grabbed from her and now have just tossed onto these beautiful young singer-songwriters.
authenticity thing because that's something that actually comes up a lot on this podcast um regardless of what style of music i'm talking about i I feel like manitobans in general have a very uh very strong bullshit detector and i think that the Ah. reason a lot of artists do well regardless of their actual natural talent is when it be when it comes through honestly like a lot of my favorite artists are people who maybe aren't the best technically singers or players but you can Mm. you get an emotion from it that is that is real and is genuine and 
like personally I find that way more engaging than someone who's hitting all the right notes exactly and playing something as is written on the page but without any kind of feeling behind it so I think that authenticity totally. thing is, is, is really important especially because not everyone who's listening has that technical training so they're not necessarily going to notice oh you're saying that perfectly but they're going to know if they felt it right Yes. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's just sort of a change from the 2000s to the 2000 and whatever we are. Don't even say 2020. <laughs> yeah, it seems too futuristic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but I feel like all those divas, like the divas and the pop boy bands, all that stuff in like late 90s, early 2000s, it was like auto-tuned. It mm. was like the Mariah Carey's, the Christina Aguilera's, just like that big diva, larger than life personality. I think that's going by the wayside. I think that was a, a trend. And now I think my personal opinion is that who you are on stage should be the same as who you are off the stage. Yeah. There shouldn't be a difference, you know? Did you, did you ever have any difficulty with that, with that aspect of, of you know, be, having emotion, being in the moment of what you're singing, just because you have so oh, much technical training? For sure. Like, does it's it get in the way at all? For, uh, I think just because when I sort of had that, I would call that my beginning, actually. okay. okay. Um, that moment where all of that stuff that sort of Shoshana practices sunk into me and changed me, I would say that was my beginning. But um, I would say, because I've performed so long the other way, it's a conscious effort. I think also when you're playing an instrument, um, it's it's harder to be 100% emotionally engaged because right. you're also thinking about your A-flat chord. Well, you, you split know, your brain whatever. in two, right? You got the vocal part and then the instrumental part, yeah. Yeah, it's way easier to go into those places if I'm not playing. Um, but if I am, then I try and be as much as possible. I think it takes more energy to be that present in your lyrics and even things like repeated choruses. Like when you have a chorus that comes up four times, what's the emotional reason for each chorus? It should be right. different. Right. And some people want to go there and put that, and, and you can really feel that extra energy because then it's not just the chorus again. It's actually you're going on a journey with them. Right. The song has moved forward rather than just staying. Yeah. Yeah, well said. Exactly. Cool. So. Yeah, that's well. It's it's good to hear that kind of stuff because I think that uh, like like I said, I mean, a lot of artists I listen to, that's the emotional part is the key for me rather than the necessarily technical skills. So, and I do know a lot of people who are heavily heavily trained in in you know music school and the classically and jazz and everything else, and some of them can't create they can play things beautifully you know right off the page and they can nail it better than I, I could ever dream of doing but they can't write their own songs because they're so stuck in that mindset of of they have to play it exactly as it's written and if it's not there for mm. them it's just not oh yeah and i, I think it's a, a block a lot of people get where they just get uh they, they're amazingly talented but they can't move past needing to have it presented to them i think that's also the difference between reading and talking yeah yeah that's so with a lot of people that have studied classical piano, because I teach instruments as well, sure. um, classical piano, you learn how to read and how to replicate what's on the page, right? So you see, you see the C, yeah. you play, play the C. C. Yeah. Um, and then the way I teach is more like talking. So my students, I'm like, okay, you're going to improvise for me for seven minutes. Go. Yeah. And I'll, sometimes I'll even give them the story. That's what I've been doing lately. You know, like a little girl is walking into the woods and then this happens and then this happens and, and they have to kind of create that. And that gets them, instead of reading, it gets them talking. And yeah, it's yeah. like to get their own thoughts. How do I create, you know, um, like angst, right? Yeah. Versus how do I create like chill? Yeah. You know what I mean? So learning how to 
create for them is is I think that's so important because you can still learn all that theory and you can learn all that skill but I think that's kind of the difference yeah it's just the creative side of things yeah 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 so if people I mean like I said you know sorry I'm talking like no 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 no, it's fine it's fine this stuff is interesting because you know I'm usually talking to you know like a metal band or a folk singer or a rapper and most of them are (laughs) some of them are teachers but most of them aren't right so this is a different perspective and it's it's nice to hear um is going to be a different podcast yeah exactly yeah yeah. (laughs) nothing wrong with that though I mean you know I've been doing this long enough that there's uh, every few podcasts is pretty different so (laughs) it's it's pretty good okay Um, all right so uh, like I said at the beginning you know you're relatively new to me in terms of your music. Uh, you likely are new to a lot of people listening to the show right now. What's the best way for someone to find out more about what you're doing if they're hearing you for the first time here? Subscribe to my YouTube <laughs> channel. <laughs> right. Well, that's really where that's where I put my content. I think that's what I that's my vision right now okay. is to I generally get a whole idea of like I get the visual of what what I want for something. I get the auditory of what I want to do. And it just ends up becoming that way. I'm, yeah, we'll see. Okay. And as far as, I'm definitely, no, it's okay. I'm definitely more, um, it's easier for me to write uh, music than lyrics. So we'll see. I, I, I have a song in the works called Mr. Kijiji. Okay. Um, uh, and I've also, I've also been hired to write music for other people's lyrics. I really like doing that because yeah, I, I think I'm generally more music than lyrics, so it's hard. You know, I'll sit around and crumple up papers if I'm if I'm writing lyrics right. for myself. Whereas if someone just gives me lyrics, I can usually just hear something pretty quick or give you a couple versions of what this could be like. Right. You know, we, yeah. If you want a pop song here, let's go this way. If you want, you know, whatever. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. That's that's a good skill to have too, right? I mean, to be able to take someone else's their words and turn it into something, turn it into a whole. That's yeah. That's that's, that's mm-hmm. cool. So yeah, that- if you check out if you check out my video "Wake Up Yesterday," that was um, actually the lyrics were penned by um, a First Nations woman in Northern Canada, okay. uh, and it's about the uh, suicide and the loss of her nephew. And so she paid me to put the music to it, and then Omar Benson um, ended up filming this beautiful music video with two First Nation actors, and it's just really cool. Cool. So aside from your YouTube page, where else are you? I mean, I know your uh, Instagram is seems to be getting a lot of content, especially the studios one, right? Yeah, I would say the studio one gets more just because there's a song a day. Right, right. How many? And you've, you're over two hundred at this point. No, we're coming up. So coming up, two hundred. Okay. Well, I think we're one ninety six. Day two hundred is October thirtieth. So by the, the time people hear ends. this, it'll be already. Oh. It, it'll. It's, it's cool though. It's, it's all good because people can listen to this anytime they want. Right. That's the good thing about a oh, podcast. Yeah. Someone could hear it three years from now. I mean, by, by which point you'll be hopefully well over two hundred. But yeah, yeah. Well, you know, hopefully, I don't know. I I, I hope I'll keep it going. I like because right now COVID is the reason my students are singing once a month, right. and that's kind right. of the bri- not the bribery, but it's like let's you know what I mean. That's how I kind of got them to agree to do this. Yeah. So once that's done, we'll see if we keep going. Okay. Well, yeah, I think it's like anything else, right? No one knows what whether what they're doing now is going to continue after assuming things get back to normal in some way or another. So it, it's mm-hmm. cool that you're doing it now, though. I mean, it's, it's a, I think it's a very good use of your and your students' time uh, during the pandemic to, to put out something like that because it, it gives them a lot of exposure. Uh, and it's, it's, you know, there's so many people who are doing creative stuff right now that it's nice to see. And people are coming up with all kinds of weird ideas. And, and I, I can't wait to see all of the albums and books and plays and everything else that come out once this is done that everyone's been working on. Because I know some everyone has something, some kind of project that they're secretly working on at home. And hopefully within a few months or however long it takes, that'll all be unveiled and we'll have this bright, happy, 
period of creativity. Oh yeah, from from your from your mouth, I I agree. you hurt me 